Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a crowd podcast. And that's why you need to come on the podcast deck. And within another round, it's all over. Dubois works. The return of Connor Ben. And obviously he's a big man, he goes down heavy. What will that have done for him? Because this never happened to him before. Let's get on with it. I'm George, he's Deck. Hello, it's the George Groves Boxing Club. Greetings, Deck. Greetings, George. How are you? Where's greetings come from? Pretty standard form of um, introduction, I think. Oh, yeah, I I greet you. Anyways, you was at the boxing. It's a transatlantic show this weekend. We've got shows on either side of the Atlantic. So should we get, should we dive into it and start there in um, dear old Wembley Arena, George? So it was a case of repeat or revenge between Joe Joyce and Jalei Zhang. And it was repeat is underselling it because it was something altogether more harrowing for Joe Joyce, who was stopped in their first fight a few months ago. And he was absolutely vaporized in th- within three rounds by Jalei Zhang this time. One of the knockouts of the year, you, you know, will do, do well to see a better one. Joe Joyce was face down on the canvas, kind of got up to beat the count or got up in time. But by, you know, he was done. Steve Gray waved it off Jalei. Zhang is uh, on the corner post celebrating. Um, what was your reaction? Joyce wasn't very good in the first fight. Maybe underestimated him or something else has happened, went wrong. He's tried something new and he's come unstuck. But I thought he'd win the rematch. I thought I'd do the rematch because I'm back in the juggernaut as super strong. Keeps coming make a couple of technical like changes uh, make a few ad- adaptions and, and he should be fine because he brings the heat he brings the intensity and he's got a good chin but he didn't have that Saturday night did he you know the punch resistance is something that's changed come in I mean a lot of people talking about the weight and how much heavier he was in the in this rematch and usually you think a bit more weight means you've got a bit more punch resistance but more so than anything Deck, I was like have I been sleeping on Zang, like, uh, have I been? I've just never been, he's never been on my radar at all. I've hardly seen him fight. I thought, oh, he's, a, he's an old man. You know, he's he's a big lump and he's from, you know, the Far East. So as long as he's there or thereabouts, he probably helps pick up a few overseas TV rights. And 
but that's that's more than done his job. He looked big. You know, like the the stats they said they were both the same height and both the same reach, but they didn't look like that in the ring to me. He's made some changes and some adjustments technically, uh, Joyce. You know, and but it's like, was it good? Was it not? You know, he's moving around to the opposite direction. He's sort of he's got that height height. They're sort of they're playing the, with the with the left hand. Uh, high to try and take away Zhang's like lead hand out the southpaw stance. Cautious first round, but you're both trying trying to find your feet. He doesn't get out of out of first gear. I mean, it was one of those where it, I, first of all, there's like a scream that sort of echoes around the arena when he goes down. I th- I don't know if it was like someone's celebrating or someone really scared by what happened to Joyce but it was one of those things where you're watching it unfold and obviously I've covered a lot of Joe Joyce's professional fights that was his 17th 15 and 2 years now the whole thing with him is that chin that he gets hit and it doesn't affect him he famously sort of remixed that Mike Tyson line and said everyone has a plan until they hit me in the face and nothing happens which is he's been dining out on it and he would and then the second round it just sort of opens up and Zhang starts landing again I wrote in my boxing news report that it could have been that round could have been quite easily transposed into the first fight it was just more of the same and watching Joyce ringside normally you're like oh okay he's walking through that wow how amazing this time it was like they seem to be having an effect and it was slowing him down stiffening him up and ringside right in front of me was the was the Zhang corner and obviously they come back after the second round which is a bad one for Joyce and Sean George his trainer by the way who speaks to Zhang via a translator who's on the apron which is quite cool he was just saying to the translator tell him pace yourself pace yourself pace yourself so they're thinking don't get greedy and within another round it's all over. I want to ask you, jo- uh, George, about the weight. Joe Joyce came in over 20 stone, just a shade over 20 stone, and it was 25 pounds heavier from the first fight. Do you think, based on how the fight unfolded, that had any bearing on what happened in that fight? Or is it just the fact that Joyce's punch resistance has gone after eating them for so long? It's almost like he took a, he took a stone off between Parker and Zhang. It's substantial, like really substantial, but almost what's he put on between these two fights in the space of five months is to be shading over 20 grand, uh, over 20 stone now. Whatever they were doing in camp must have had to drastically change. Do you know, like, because not just like the technical stuff in, in the, in the gym, I'm sure like, if he does track sessions, say, that's going to be night and day. Imagine imagine you trying to get your track scores. You're doing 400, 600 splits, whatever. <laughs> You've got to lug around an extra 30 pound, two stone. Yeah. I think we, we don't get far enough into the fight to work out how any of this stuff has played out. The concerning thing will be is that Zhang found a home for his three shots as early as the second round and the third round he blows him away it's right on the death of the third round if he'd if he'd made the count he would have had the it was on over the bell so he'd had a minute to recover but it seemed like one way traffic and now at his age he's 38 and the questions are what what do you do what next I'll tell you what Dick I was in I was in LA in the early part of 2014 I was uh, doing a bit of a little tour. I just successfully campaigned to become reinstated as mandatory challenger for the IBF Super Midweight World title. And then while in the States, I thought, I'm going to go and talk to a few companies. And then I went out and I uh, meeting with Robert Diaz uh, at the Golden Boy headquarters. And um, yeah, met with Richard Schaefer. And we were talking about trying to do a deal. And then this massive Chinese boxer walked past. It was only Zhili Zhang. 
I haven't seen him since, to be honest, but he must have done a deal. I, I think he's doing all right these days. He's 41 years old. He's been a bit of a slow burner and he's got that sole defeat on his record. But if you go and watch it, I remember what I watched it real time. It was on one of the Saudi bills, I think. And he won the fight. He beat he beat Hergovic. Hergovic was terrible that night. He wasn't at the races, but Zhang won. He should have got the decision. So he should be an undefeated heavyweight at this point. And then you're like, wow, that, you know, they're always talking about Gilet Zhang at the bird's nest in China and that, you know, that would be an attraction and that you get a bit, another big name over there. And yeah, he's, he's just beat Joe Joyce outside of Fury and Usyk. People were putting Joyce at number three. Some people were before this Shang fight. They were saying he's the only one. No one could beat him. Wilder couldn't knock him out. Joshua couldn't beat him. He, you know, he's the juggernaut. He beat everyone. And Zhang's just done a number on him in the first fight and then absolutely iced him in the second. Like he's... He's right up there, isn't he? I think so. I think so. I think so. And it's you can't just be like, oh, well, we've we've overplayed our hand with with Joyce. He's a big heavyweight, isn't he, uh, Zhang? Southpaw, and he punches loose. You know, the, everyone says that the, the heavyweight division is um, so talented with so much depth and competition. But I'm a harsh critic of the heavyweight deck, which you know. And do you know what? If you're a big lump and you can punch loose, it can get you really far. I mean. Look at Tyson Fury. He's a big guy and punches loose. Makes an awful lot of mistakes, and but people put him on pound for pound lists. It's, it's incredible. So, so out of that southpaw stance, can anyone really be up for that challenge? You know, I don't think that there's. I don't think if if it had to and it's put on them, I don't think any of the would say the top four uh, being Usyk, Fury, Joshua, or Wilder would shy away. You'd back them all to. To take the fight, but really, could is that is that a nightmare opponent? He's got WBO interim. De- explain to me what interim means again. Does that mean that like he's a world champion in waiting? If one goes vacant, he gets elevated. Is it or not quite that? Now the interim title should have been. They were originally created, as far as I can as far as I can remember, and what I always feel is is okay is if you have a champion who maybe gets injured or cannot fight for a legitimate reason, instead of stripping them, you can then make an interim title fight and it's almost like an interim belt and it's almost like a a glorified final eliminator. So then the person with the interim title is next in line, has to be next in line. And if anything happens with the champion, they automatically become elevated. So as opposed to a final eliminator where you become the mandatory challenger and then you would have to fight for a vacant belt if you're the interim champion and the the main belt gets becomes vacant for whatever reason you're automatically elevated much like John Ryder who was the interim at super middleweight if Canelo had chosen to avoid him instead of John having to fight for a vacant title automatic elevation to champion what I do want to ask you George with all that considered forget all the politics TV networks blah 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 if you could just play matchmaker for a second. And I just want you to make the best fight here. Not the not the a good fight for Zhang or whatever. What is the best fight? What give me a, give me an exciting fight. Who would you want to sit down and watch Xile Zhang box next? Deontay Wilder. <laughs> in in China. Wilder on the road against the Southpaw. Yeah, that was my initial thought. Just two massive punches. Wilder sort of reasonably vulnerable. And you know, what's he gonna do about us against the Southpaw that whacks like that? But equally Wilder just always the same. He's just got to land at some point. It's like, what's Zhang's chin like? Joshua's a good fight. 
if it's not going to be one of those big names like Martin Bacoli against Gilles Zhang would be a really good fight, but it's a winnable fight for Bacoli as well. Just instantly you've got this new player in the division, which is exciting, but it is at the expense of Joe Joyce. So says no chance that he's going to retire. If you're kind of his manager or part of his team, like what, what route do you possibly take now? You know, the first thing people will think of is like bringing back home domestic dust. Who's that? Oh yeah, Daniel Dubois. Dubois will be up for that. He'll want to avenge the loss, but I don't think they do. I don't think that's the right fight for Dubois' team. You know, he's coming off a loss against Usyk. Does he want to go straight back in with Joyce? If he loses to Joyce, Joyce's career is back up and running. But Dubois might be way back, you know. I'm sure at his age, 25, I think what he is, they'll be bringing him out and then trying to rebuild him slowly. So I don't think Dubois works. And I'm not sure how comfortable he would be dropping down to a level below that. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to be looking at Chisora, Fabio, or like even like current up-and-comers like Fabio Wardley or, you know, Fraser Clark or any any of them guys because the risk-reward's not there for him. Do you know, like, so the question, the massive question will be after, is the punch resistance gone? Like, is punch resistance gone? You can get old overnight in boxing. You don't want to be in this sport, in the heavyweight division, and fighting the way he fights if his punch resistance ain't the same. Is he going to be gun-shy? Is he going to be worried about getting iced like that because he's gone from being everyone's got a plan till they punch you in the mouth and nothing happens to Jesus is my punch resistance gone I think that's one of the most intriguing questions about the, the Joe Joyce rebuild it's what will that have done for him? Because this never happened to him before. Do you still, like George, you felt invincible at times in your career and then you're like, shit, I'm actually invincible. I knew there was like always massive question marks over me being a vulnerable fighter and my, you know, my, my punch resistance and my chin. Like when I get iced in the, in the rematch with Froch, I don't get hurt at all before that shot. And that shot just rolls my head and I'm, I'm out and I don't beat the count. I didn't come away thinking my punch resistance is gone. I was just like, oh, that's a tough lesson to learn. That one punch, it can change everything, you know? I think like the difference in that in that fight would be that he looked like he was getting buzzed in the second round and he didn't look comfortable with it. He was caught and hurt in the third. And then the finish was brutal, you know? And obviously he's a big man, he goes down heavy. Most fighters will be they won't necessarily carry it with them where it truly bothers them, but it might change. And sure, he might be nervous in his first bar back, wondering, can I still take a punch, you know? How hard is that to do to regroup? And was it just that I want and need to win a world title that drove you at that point? Or was there something else? Yeah, no, it was it was just that. And it was really hard. You're trying to make it exciting. You're like, you're still trying to, you know, dream big and we're going to go big. And we tried we tried to self... I'd signed a deal with the Sowlands who were not promoted in the UK at the time, but... We try to put on our own show, good show, big show. Yeah, it is, it is a feeling of dropping down a level because you think I should be world champion right now and I can be fighting old veterans who have big names and former champions or young sort of up and coming stars, mandatories, whatnot, and I'll be flying and I'll be on Jonathan Ross and I'll be at BBC Sports Personality and I'll be this and I'll be that. And But you're not. You're like, right, you're back in the shit, mate. You're back in the fucking dungeons and you got to go to work the satisfaction you would get from winning for me if i beat christopher brass before frotch i'd have been like yeah that was a fucking good win beating him after frotch was like who gives a shit you know i generally think you just got to go with the fighter's feeling the fighter's gut the fighter will know 
Do I want to fight on? Do I not? I'm sure he ain't a fighter who feels like the fight's left him yet. He's always kind of been in a in a rush to t- um a rush because he turned over so late. One man that that does not apply to elite club member on the undercard Moses Atalma back amongst the stoppages after two distance jobs Amin Bouchetta not in his league I think got him over because they wanted to get Moses knocking someone out again and he did so I think it was in 99 seconds Carl Frampton said on the broadcast fastest hands in the heavyweight division already which is hard to uh, disagree with punch selections ridiculous dropped him with an uppercut stops him to the body like the uh, Bouchetta gets up winks to his corner writings on the wall at that point I got a message about this. Thanks, Brian. If I recall on the GGBC, Francis Warren said he was talking to Nike about making him an ambassador of some sorts. Nike, Nike, whatever. He did. Francis told us that was a deal we'd done. Moses the town were in Nike. You don't see many athletes in, uh, you don't see many boxers in Nike. He's got the sh- on the shorts, he's got it on the thing. Promotion for them, but he's got Bang and Olufsen on his shorts as well, which is high end sponsors this guy is top tier he's a potential superstar he obviously has to he has to do the business in the ring and he has to stay stick at it and whatnot and he did it he did what was asked of him he'll be back out again i believe november they're going to be in manchester i would assume he'll be on that card maybe even twice more before the end of the year like he's not just cruising these fights anymore he knows that people are expecting a lot of him okay i think that's enough from blighty should we have a break there and then come back for a bit of a bit of american action Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right, Deck, transatlantic show, as you said in the opening credits. What happened in America? In a kind of strange ballroom in Orlando, Florida, there was a matchroom card. The top of the bill was Richardson Hitchens, um, who beat Jose Cepeda, best win of his career, but we're not going to discuss that. But most notable this card for, for this club, I really, I, I would think of probably for most of our listeners, was the return of Connor Ben. In a 10-round attraction against Rodolfo Orozco at £154, a light middleweight limit, uh, he won a unanimous decision, relatively comfortable, 
the main talking point though here is obviously didn't lose a, lo- a, a loss would have been an absolute nightmare for everyone but what I want to ask you about George what do you make of it all Connor Ben in the words of Eddie Hearn was clear to fight now the reason he was he was allowed to fight they had to speak to, to the commission in Florida the commission in Texas who had to speak to the board, the British Boxing Board of Control, to check he was quote unquote clear to fight. Now he's obviously not under any suspension from the from UCAD or from the board for those two failed VADA tests from last year for clomiphene. The ABC had to allow him to box. He's not he's not under suspension anywhere. So they can't deny this man a license. He has a box for is it nearly 18 months now they're talking about? And then they get him out on a card abroad. I remember when it wasn't 18 months, but Dillian White had the incident with Oscar Rivas where he tested positive. They went through with the fight. It all broke after. Did not look good. And then he showed up on an anti-Joshua undercard in Saudi Arabia. And I was like, is it all sorted out then? He goes, I'll talk to my lawyers. Is that that why you're here? Because you can't get a license in the UK? He said, talk to my lawyer. And then said I was picking on him. Just just on that, before you go on to a couple of differences. So the... Dylan White was a failed UCAD test. UCAD have uh, the ability to ban people. That's why they banned Kamal Sokolovsky recently. They banned Larry Olabamiwo. UCAD can ban, whereas VADA are just a reporting agency. All they do is report. So then they have to deliver the report and then they leave it to up to that jurisdiction or whatever to then hand down a ban. He was supposed to fight Chris Eubank Jr. in their f- in October the 9th last year when it all broke the two failed tests. He had a hearing with the National Anti-Doping Panel, the NADP, who also sided with Conor Ben. UCAD have since appealed that decision. So that is under appeal, but we don't know legal, we don't know what's going on with that appeal. Eddie Hearn has suggested that nothing has happened. So what are they supposed to do? Just wait around until they can be asked to do the appeal. So because they're allowed to box in Florida or wherever, he's like, well, we're going to box because there's a young man who, who needs to earn a living, etc., etc. Many people think it's the principle is wrong because he's failed two tests. He's served no ban other than sort of, he has kind of served a ban. Though you've said this before, he's, he hasn't boxed for ages because of all this so I interviewed Conor Ben last week and I said like are you do you have tested do you have do you have faith in VADA now because you've had two failed tests for this substance you say never ingested and he said he alerted me this case study that WADA had done is actually the University of Germany I believe with the institution it's on the WADA website they did a case study into clomiphene and the fact that it can be absorbed, it, it absorbs differently in the body when it's ingested via food than it does via tablet. And his claim at that point, the clomiphene in his system had to have been ingested via food because of the, also the outcome of this this WADA, by the way, this World Anti-Doping Agency, not VADA, WADA, this case study, and it basically exonerated him or at least backs up and underpins his claim that this was a total accident. He hasn't taken anything knowingly. He's not a PED cheat. I think what this means is is that people need to just get over the get over the Conor Ben case now. R- reserve an opinion on him if you want. But as a boxing fan, he's back. He's boxing, and it won't be long before now he is fighting in the UK. No doubt with a British Boxing Border Control license, some way or another. He vehemently didn't want to take any sort of ban. He wanted to fight this. He, you know. He thought he's got a case. It's a massive highlight that drug testing setup needs severe changing or work on at least because it's time and time again, fire after fire, and it's bad for boxing because it's going to be really difficult to get highly invested uh, in a big fight when at the last minute someone can test positive and the fight gets pulled. 
So I think I think Conor Ben's back back on the scene. He's for, he looks like he's going to be a light middleweight slash super welterweight. You know they're still talking about the Eubank fight. Is that what this is all for, Deck? Do you think that's what the route they're going down? I think that's exactly it. Robert Smith, by the way, the general secretary of the board, who's been on been on the show, of course, elite club member, went on Talksport and basically said that Conor Ben hasn't cleared his name and Eddie Hearn's argument is that well that is quite vague and quite personal that's an opinion isn't it it's like is his name cleared or not it's like what do the facts tell us he can fight so we're going to allow him to fight I think there's a problem brewing for the board or for UCAD in that Conor Ben has been unable to earn a living in this time and if nobody can prove anything or if nobody if there's loopholes whether it's jurisdiction or whether it's whatever it might be and there's no ban and there's no actual solid sort of conviction, for want of a better word, he's going to go, well, you've, you've prevented me from earning this much money. Someone's going to have to pay it. You got to know about this stuff, and I and I don't. So I always panic about talking about it. But you know, because there are therapeutic exemptions, therapeutic use exemptions (TUIs), right? So they reckon half the marathon teams out there and half the cycling teams are all asthmatic, but they're like the fittest people on the planet. But they could all they're all entitled to an asthma pump from time to time because guess what? It helps. You're fucking breathing. Do you know what I mean? If you if you get if you pick up knocks and injuries throughout camp, as long as you declare it, you're allowed to have a steroid injection, which will speed up recovery. And then people will always push the boundaries of what they can get away with. I think. And I'm not talking about Conor Ben. I'm just talking about anyone who has the option to do that. Usually, it comes with money and knowledge. Um, and these people go a step too far, or the the testing gets smarter and then these people get caught out. I don't really think it's that vital in boxing because boxing isn't who can run the fastest, who can jump the highest, who can cycle the fastest. There's so many variables. Of course, you're going to be a better athlete. You're going to be a better fighter. You're going to be a better machine if if you're getting unfair advantages um, via becoming a, you know, a better athlete as such. But because there's so much skill involved as well as like your mental attitude and your heart and all these other things that I feel like it's diluted you know they talk about the one percent you know in sports if it be swimming running jumping whatnot it's very clear whereas far more diminished in boxing but Conor Ben is back so get your head around that Conor Ben is back and if he's in interesting fights we'll forget about it it's a bit sad if he is like the poster boy of failed drugs tests because it happens to a lot of fighters December 23rd apparently is is the date that is in the works for Eubank Jr. against Conor Ben at middleweight in England I must say it seems very far-fetched at this point but you never know um, elsewhere on that card Sandy Ryan boxed in a, a unification at welterweight against Jessica McC Caskill boxed really well. The performance of her career against the toughest opponent of her career won in my eyes, but it came out as a draw. Some woeful scoring in particular from Judge Mark Streisand, who had it 97-93. Honestly, in a 10-round fight, it was one of the worst cards I can remember. It was a draw. I, luckily, like Sandy Ryan, I'm sure won't feel like this. She didn't lose, but she should be unified champion. She d should have all those belts right now, but she doesn't. So I'm guessing it will be a rematch there. Um, I would think that she'll win even more handily in the rematch. Now, all of that, George, this whole episode really has just been an hors d'oeuvre, has just been a starter for this main course from York Hall, George. What happened at York Hall on Saturday night? Brad Pauls was back in action under the bright lights and he's challenging for a title deck. 
What title was he challenging for, first of all? The English middleweight title. That was the title that eluded him. A fight for that belt was the thing that cost him his undefeated record and, and caused his first loss against Tyler Denny in February of this year. He came on the show. You spoke to him about defeat, about handling defeat. He reached out to us. He went back, he rebuilt, and he got this title shot. And he's won via knockout in front of all his mates to win the belt. He's the new English middleweight champion, Brad Pauls. And George, he sent us this voice note. You're right, guys. Brad Pauls here, the current middleweight English champion. Um, I just want to say thanks for having me on after my, my loss in February. Um, wasn't the best time in, in my career, but you guys having me on really picked me up. And I learned some lessons clearly from how to rebuild. So yeah, thank you very much. The current English middleweight champion. And that's why you need to come on the podcast deck. It's the dream factory. This this club is the dream factory. I've got a question for you, George. Brad said that he's going to go home and eat some food. He messaged me saying the pasties are already in the oven. Can you just tell us a bit about that feeling, that afterglow when you've had that win? Everything, all that work and sacrifice over the weeks that led up to it and it's paid off. It's joy, like it's absolute joy. I remember when I beat James Egal for the British title, it was just incredible for me because it felt like a first time where some real big work had gone into a fight. Like we took absolutely every ounce of concentration and performance in camp, inspiring you know, on the track, you know, in in the gym to, to get to that point. And um, I remember we I went and stayed. I was at a deal with the Park Plaza in Vauxhall, shout out Park Plaza. And I did my camp there and I spent my night there after the win at the O2 because it's a bit quicker to get there than it is to free to get home. Didn't sleep, just kept getting up in the night to check on the belt to make sure it was still there, still looked good. I'm sure all his family and friends will be over and they will be um, buzzing for him. And it won't be long, I'm sure, till he's back in the gym with his stable mates. Now he's in a good place, isn't he? He's, he, sounds, he sounds happy. Big up Brad Pauls every time. Now, Brad, of course, the most elite of all elite club members, really, is in the top tier, the upper echelons. But how could people, George, join him? All you listeners are sitting there thinking, yeah, sure, he's just won the English middleweight title. You got him on the show. No wonder he's an elite club member. But do you know how it all started for him? He hit the follow button in his podcast app. From there, obviously, hit us up on the socials deck. You know, socials, always the same. Uh, GG Boxing Club, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can email us, ggboxingclub at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Anything else they should do? Yeah, they can get on the playlist, the ring walk on Spotify, which includes Brad Paul's uh, edition from back in the day. And if you can't find that on Spotify, go via the link tree on the Twitter. Also on the link tree is the merch. You nearly get into a point in the year where you can't leave the house without a hat on. You need that little bit of extra. You know how much I think you lose 80% of your body's heat out of your head? out of your head top, but not if you're wearing a GGBC snapback, which is on the link tree on the merch site. We'll also put that link in the episode description as well. So if you want one of them, the lesser spotted exclusive GGBC snapbacks, don't say we didn't tee it up for you. It's on the link tree and it's in the episode description, George. It is none other than a free pod week because we've only had a current world champion show up at the door demanding to be 
on the GGBC. He's fighting next week, so we got him on and we're getting it out. Any guesses who it could be, world champion? It's not Jai Opataya, is it? It is. It's Jai Opataya. So, Deck, he's our Wednesday ep. It's not an easy road for Jai Opataya, and he broke his jaw in two places, so and he can talk still, so... That's uh, something to be said for that. Now, you might be listening and going, hold on a sec, boys. You've just done a whole episode and you haven't mentioned once the fight, the big fight, one of the fights of the year that's coming up on Saturday night. Well, the reason why, George, because Friday, to complete the hat trick from Las Vegas, where I'm going to land on Tuesday, we're going to do a proper preview of Saul Canelo. It's Canelo week again. No John Ryder, sadly, this time, but he's boxing Jamel Charlo, the undisputed light middleweight champion against Canelo, the undisputed super middleweight champion champion it is a historic fight we're going to get into it hopefully going to get some bits with both boxers and the people who matter on the ground in nevada in the desert um and i'll report back george you sent me off on my merry ways with a little cap in hand to try and get some content for us and i'm going to do my best i'll tell you what circular 2010 maybe 2011 i used to like vegas a lot when they're on holiday mrs came and um, back then, if you signed up to go on like a, a timeshare sort of day trip where they try and sell you timeshare, they'll give you free tickets to like Circus Soleil, stuff like that. And I didn't have a lot of money then. And the Circus Soleil tickets were like $180 each. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Went there. Uh, they drive you way off the strip, somewhere where you would never go. But they try and convince you for about half a day that you need to buy a timeshare. The last room you get through, it's like, it's like an escape room. It's the last room you get through. They say, are you sure you definitely don't want it? And then they try to get to know you. And they said, what are you doing here? And I'm, I was either out there training or I might have even boxed on a Golden Boy card. And they went, wait there, we got someone for you. And they only brought in Kevin Kelly, who sells timeshare in Las Vegas now. He's a great talker. He's a great talker, Kevin Kelly. I interviewed him for the 10-year um, or 20-year anniversary of the Nazim Hamid fight. If I can catch up with Kevin Kelly, George, let's get I'll get him on this pod. Yeah, and tell him I met him, Timeshare Las Vegas. Before that, Wednesday, me, you and Jai are going to chop it up. Uh, can't wait to see you. Yep, see you Wednesday, Deck. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.